Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. That was Every Day by AMPM featuring Amanda Yang. And before that, we played Stray Kids Thunderous because tonight's going to be an electrifying night here on Asian Pop Nation. I'm Senya, the executive producer of the show. And tonight, Aaron, Celeste, JP, Leisha, and I will be talking about Cowboy Bebop, the live action cast, and some of the first images that have come out for the adaptation. We're going to talk a little bit about Saweetie and her latest meal that she's created in partnership with a particular fast food franchise. We're also going to be talking a little bit about what everyone's been watching and reading at the moment, as well as an interview with someone we've talked to on the show in the past, but is back to talk a little bit about their new album. So if you don't want to miss out on any of that fun stuff tonight, keep it here in Asia Pop Nation as we play another song, this time by Hone, called Coming Home. Because if you're a huge fan of Asian pop culture and music, then hopefully Asian Pop Nation is home to you. This is Asian Pop Nation on Sin. We played three back-to-back songs, starting with Hone Coming Home featuring Nikki. After that, we played Pattaya by Miyu. And the last one we played was Posh Girls' Got You. Because something that has got some people's backs in Singapore are some drink-serving robots that have been scattered around their metropolitan train stations. So the team here at Asian Pop Nation is going to chat a little bit more about that to you. A Singaporean technology company has announced that they're collaborating with a local startup to install these robot baristas at about 30 mass rapid transit stations in Singapore. The robots, funnily enough, they're all called Ella. They will have a cashless and contactless interface. So basically, when you're going to order your coffee, you don't need to do anything. And apparently, they're so cool that they can whip up about 200 cups of coffee an hour. Uh, Pretty handy and nifty stuff. And to cut short the waiting time even further, uh, some commuters, they can even order their beverages ahead of time on their phone. So, you know, a lot of companies these days are doing it now. But now we got robots. In terms of what they actually look like in the multiple areas that they're in right now, there's one where they're in a booth, like five meters squared. There's a glass wall between you and the robot. But the robots, they kind of just look like, you know, these arms, these robot arms. And they're moving around, making coffee and just placing them uh, where you can take them up. Pretty cool stuff. Is this actually efficient, though? Like our investors are listening right now and they need our precious opinions. think, okay, wait, not gonna lie. I'm not gonna come at the name or anything, but I just think it's really creepy when you have like a robot. No, no, creepy when you have like a robot that has like a like a human name or whatever. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, no, I get what you mean. And all of them are called Ella. (laughs) Ella, Like not Ella one, two, three. No, it's all they're all Ella. Ella, which kind of, God, I don't know why. It, it, it freaks me out a bit in that department. But I guess in terms of actually like, you know, talking about the machine itself and it being in like the MRTs, LRTs type of thing, it's actually pretty cool. not going to lie. Probably will be really beneficial, especially like rush hour wise. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. And it's just like freaking robots zooming, giving everyone like coffee as they're like about to run to work or something like that. Seems pretty cool. Celeste, would you trust a robot to make your coffee? Look, I work in hospitality and I've had some really weird all <laughs> So I'm just wondering how this app or and the robot would deal with the super picky customers. Like, I want a three-quarter full latte, aka a magic, if you've never heard of it. And My God. With like four sugars. How would a robot do that? I don't know. Maybe it's like AI. Maybe they got AI going on. Oh, God. I think it'll all be just dependent on the customer. Like, you can't exactly complain if the robot gets your order wrong because you inputted the <laughs> order. Yes, <laughs> right. There's no, like, can I speak to the manager, please? It's like, yeah, it's a freaking robot. <laughs> but what do you think, Celeste? If robots take away your jobs, like, would you be sad? Or? Oh, I don't make coffee, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad at making coffee. Like, I can't steam milk. Yeah, same. If a robot does it for me, all the better. Definitely. But you can steam milk? Hold up. That's what they do when they make coffee. It's like... Really? Yeah, it's it's like a little rod. And then it just puts hot water into your milk. But you have to do it right because if it's too hot, you burn the milk. If it makes a sound as you are it's like... bad. Yeah, it's, it's bad. <laughs> Whoa. I did like yeah, a every barista time I course. Try, yeah. <laughs> every time I try and do it now, it just makes a horrible sound. I just stop. <laughs> oh, my God. Coffee is not worth this. <laughs> 
when I did my barista course, the instructor was really aggressive. Like, think of Gordon Ramsay. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why are you making that noise with the milk? Yeah, it was just, it was an intense experience. I think it's kind of put me off wow. <laughs> ever being a barista. <laughs> but I mean, he, he seemed passionate about his coffee. Like he had his own restaurant and was like, this is how you make good coffee. If you come to my restaurant, then we'll give you good coffee. Hey, listen, that's what I fear about using robots, though, because that passion is lost. The passion for coffee, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there, yeah. I, there's also like the thing too, where it's like maybe it's more of a thing like in Australia and stuff, but like people love having like, especially in the mornings and stuff. They, I've seen videos of people just love having conversations with the barista and stuff. Oh yeah, they're like making their coffees and stuff. They like how their morning, blah blah blah, and all that stuff. And then a robot is just nothing happening. So robot. The communication dead, pretty much. But at the same time... It's named Ella, though. Could talk back. <laughs> Aaron, are you looking forward to, like, talking with robots after they make you coffee? I wouldn't mind talking with them, but I won't have their coffees. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink coffee. Oh, right. oh, yeah, same. Yeah, I was thinking about this. I was like, hmm, I wonder what's, like, a... How far can we go with this robot thing beyond just coffee and just, like, other drinks? Maybe not even drinks further out into like meal prep or something like that i think if they did bubble tea at least it would explode in terms of popularity bubble tea there's so many components is is there more components to bubble tea than coffee i have no idea i don't know ask Sanya. she did the barista course Uh, the barista (laughs) course is just like remember all the different coffee orders how much like milk or how much coffee you're meant to put in but then where's Bubble tea, I think that might actually be a bit easier. I don't know. Celeste, what do you think? <laughs> I think bubble tea is easier because all you have to do is put in toppings, add whichever tea you want, and then seal it off. Whereas coffee, it's a bit more difficult because you got like different milks and they like steam at different ways. And yeah, no, I hate oh. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> right. There was this cafe in Federation Square, just in like this tucked away little corner near Acme. And it was a robot cafe, like ice cream oh. parlor. Whoa. Yeah, I it's don't... gone now. They moved oh. to Saudi Arabia. What the? <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those weird things where you're like, you stop and you're like, wait, is this for real? Because there's no one there. It's just a robot. <laughs> and so you just like put in your order. It was quite expensive, but, you know, a robot made it. And the scoop was kind of small, but a robot oh. made it. So. <laughs> And, you know, I'm not sure if, if any of you have been to Japan or if you've seen like Pepper, which is one of the robots or hospitality robots they have. It's got like a little touch screen on their chest and you can ask them about directions or recommendations. So sometimes you see them in hotels and they tell you where the nearest restaurant is. Or if you're in a department store, they'll tell you which floor you should go to if you want to find the product. And Pepper Aww. is the one that kind of does the order for you. And then there is the, the robot that actually does the scooping. And they had a little bow tie. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh and then when you get your order, he like dings the bell so that you go. <laughs> Wait, why is that so cute? <laughs> yeah, so I hope they come back. That was a really interesting experience. Man, that's so sick. So you're telling me that's what the future has for us? Yeah. See, maybe it's not too soulless. Like you've got little intricacies of the robot's uh, personality. Yeah, yeah make them... a little bow tie on it. Bow tie, <laughs> a little top hat. I don't know. Yeah. An AQ apron, glasses. We can keep going. <laughs> man that would be cool to see well i mean right now these robots they're still like arms right like you know industrial robots they're always arms and stuff so yeah not much personality to them yet but who knows man in the future in the future they'll expand to having bow ties what are yeah. they insane oh that'll be cool too <laughs> yeah within a century at least they'll be able to sing i'm sure i think this is the cue where jv usually goes so investors if you're listening <laughs> that's right no you know i'll end it right i'll end it right here like that exactly so investors if you got ideas for robots or you don't even have to be an investor you can be any any sort of listener right if you got any cool ideas or any cool hopes about the future of robots and coffee serving machines yeah <laughs> Let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are Asian Pop Nation. Hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation. We played three songs, all from South Korea. The first was Yuha's Ice Tea. After that, we played Mirai's Splash. And the song we just played was End Flying's Chance, because Netflix, you're making a lot of remakes at the moment, and we just want to give you a chance to get this one right. So 
What remake are they making of a particular beloved anime series? Well, you can find out right here. Hey, this sounds familiar, Xenia. What's the song from? Well, I'm so glad you asked, JP. It's from Cowboy Bebop. And the reason why we're talking about this 90s show again is because Netflix has released some photos of the upcoming live action adaptation that they're doing starring John Cho as Spike Spiegel. And it's coming out in like November 19th. So this is like a live action reboot of the 90s outer space Western anime series of the same name. And it's about a team of bounty hunters led by Spike Spiegel, Jet Black and Faye Valentine, who are going to be played by Mustafa Shakir and Daniela Pineda in the upcoming live action. So just a little bit more background. Andre Namek, who wrote the screenplay for Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, Beverly Hills Cop 4, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is going to be the showrunner. But of course, Yoko Kano is coming back to compose the music and Shinjiro Watanabe is going to be or is a consultant on the series as he was the original director but concerns <laughs> dude i thought this live action was a fever dream until i actually saw the photos on twitter yeah yeah i was like whoa is this real oh god i've heard a few yeah. people were a bit concerned that john Cho looks a bit older as spike spiegel i guess people right. had the impression that he was he was maybe... a young strapping man yeah yeah, but does anyone have any concerns about the story? It's been a while, to be fair. I don't remember. Well, who here has watched it? I know I have. Yeah. I have, but I don't remember a lot anymore. Oh, yeah. damn. Wow. I- I'm, on, I'm on the Celeste group as well. <laughs> yeah. I have no recollection of it anymore. I do hope they stick to the episode-by-episode episode, like yep. story thing. You know? Yeah, the episodic storyline. Yeah. I really hope they do that, except like, having like one massive cohesive plot that comes around like within like say the first 10 episodes yeah stuff that man have fun have fun with it you know i hope those creators go wild i was gonna say like maybe have something like say like the final few episodes of the like the anime series have like this since that was like a storyline that's evolved with it a cohesive one i do like those kind of stories the first thing that came to mind was that was recent was like the mandalorian that same kind of western Mm -hmm. vibe but each episode still is like a contained story but there's this overarching goal that they have to meet at the end kind of scary (laughs) i just hope it'll be good because you know how these live action things go they rarely ever go well Mm, i feel like like anime ones in particular get a lot like that they're more on the negative end of the spectrum Uh (laughs) some kind of work but it's netflix right we just forget that, that doesn't Note mean one. anything just <laughs> live action one that they did back. and i think <laughs> i just wonder if it's because it's going into a more realistic medium is that the issue because like with death note i'm not sure if that was the issue i never watched the live action no i've seen like full metal alchemist live version i didn't finish it because it was so bad um oh. yeah. it's not necessarily like the realism that kind of puts people off it's it's just like it gets rewritten and it loses some of the important bits that you see in the anime and i'm just like i'm not into this anymore Bye. <laughs> i don't know if there's been any good ones though like the ones that have been good have been the ones that tend to stray from the story entirely and just kind of create something new uh, from that original you know, concept some romance ones have been good oh like, which oh, one? yeah oh it's been a while i can't pinpoint exactly was it hannah kimmy no no that was a drama <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's similar i'd say yeah was a, the lover and his lie it wasn't so bad i think i thought alita was actually a good movie Oh, Lita that was wasn't good. bad either. Oh, yeah. I haven't read the manga though, so yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I only saw the movie and I was like, "Hold well, on, cool." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> culture. I watched the original Source Material. I thought it was man, I guess, but I think the movie was actually slightly better. Although they did have a cliffhanger bait, oh, I can say, or sequel bait, whatever they call it. Um, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. No, I, I do have a friend that's a massive fan of Alita. Like, he, there's one point in his life where he just wouldn't stop talking about it. He's like, dude, read Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> okay, man, all right. You know, I have heard in terms of like good live actions, I haven't watched it, but I've heard that Ruroni Kenshin is really popular. Oh, yeah. I've seen action. one of them and it's really good. I just haven't yeah. bothered watching the rest of them. <laughs> right. So, you know, yeah. you know, hold out your hopes, you know. Maybe it's work. just a case of, 
Western like studios adapting it sucking to- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. rather than Japanese or like <laughs> actually uh. now that I think about it, all the live action versions of animes and stuff that I've seen that have been decent are like adapted into Japanese, not Western. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, there has been some Japanese uh, shows and movies all that stuff. It has been really bad as well, with a few mm. exceptions. So that's sad. You know, yeah. hold out your hopes, though, because Cowboy Bebop is very Western-inspired. Like, the whole thing. Yeah, like, that's true. Like, yeah, that, like cowboys, mm-hmm. right? Bebop. Yeehaw. That's jazz. <laughs> from America, man. So, you know. We'll, we'll keep you know. our fingers crossed. Yeah, that's right. Bash, if you want to let us know what your thoughts are about the show, do you think it'll tank? Ha ha ha. No, okay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Just let us know on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And yeah, we, we'd love to know. And we'll probably, a few of us will probably want to watch it once it comes out in November. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. We played the Seat Belts' Tank. Of course, that's the opening song to the Cowboy Bebop anime series. After that, we played Twins, Gai Doktan. And the last song you just heard was Zaido's Me Without You featuring Moon Buell from Mamamoo. Now, something I thought I couldn't live without was a prince. And luckily enough, there seems to be an eligible Malaysian prince and bachelor for any of those interested. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about Asian royalty right now. If any of you guys are interested in the royalty world, we have a prince, a Malaysian prince in particular, that you might potentially have your eyes on. 25-year-old regent from Pahang, a state in Malaysia. His name goes by Tungo Hassana Ibrahim Alam Shah, who is currently the oldest living biological son of the current king, of Malaysia and Sultan of Pahang, Al-Sultan Abdullah. So a little background knowledge of him is that he's completed his education in England and received a bachelor degree in international relations in Switzerland. He's apparently also joined the same military academy as Prince William and Prince Harry. That was such a sad... <laughs> Harry. <laughs> Harry. <laughs> Those are that I never tried to, like, I just completely butchered the entire British accent. <laughs> but <laughs> he's also apparently known to be quite an environmentalist and a philanthropist and has donated several months of his royal allowance to Pahang's COVID-19 relief fund and the Pahang for Palestine fund launched by the government. In terms of his hobbies, he enjoys sports, including running, playing football, and sepat tarak, or known as kick volleyball and competing in polo tournaments. Not gonna lie, Rinju, all of that felt like I was like a spokesperson for his Tinder profile. (laughs) You basically were. (laughs) I guess, what do you guys think about Asian princes, I guess, being seen as like, I don't know, suddenly as like a potential love interest? I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of a lot to take in. (laughs) He's a well-traveled man, you know, did his education in England, did some stuff in Switzerland, you know, military man as well. I imagine uh, what the military men do good at shooting, I guess. (laughs) Would anyone be interested in becoming royalty, an Asian royalty? Too stressful. And also everyone will hate you just by default because you're royalty. Just because you are royalty and you're like upholding the monarchy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, isn't there like a thing people like abolish the monarchy or something like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm interested to know, though, because it's a bit of a trope in like Western romance is, oh, this girl meets the prince, but she's not like other girls. And, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but is it like the same in, I don't know, in dramas? Is there ever a storyline like that that people have encountered where it's like they're royalty or? Royalty, CEO, rich. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Chamble. But there hasn't been like a royalty one or is that reserved for like historical? There has been royalty one. Yeah, in alternative universes where the monarch is still around, but it's like modern times. Yeah, there's dramas like that around. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not keen on the Malaysian prince. If you're playing like, <laughs> if you were to one, I'd be like, no, nah, I don't want to live in Malaysia. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> bye. <laughs> but what about you, Leisha? If, if this was, if you were the one. 
I don't know. Okay, wait. I don't want to be royalty for like in terms of like Malaysian royalty because Malaysia has some interesting issues going on with in terms of politics and and royalty in general. So probably want to stay out of that for for my own mental health after all the chaos. I think it's interesting. I guess you're bringing up about like movies and tropes about like royalty and stuff because it's definitely something. What is it like Princess Diaries and stuff? I've always grown yeah. up with those type of movies which romanticize the whole like, oh my god, I'm gonna meet like a prince one day. He's and what he's like dressed up as like a common folk, but I'm not gonna know that. And we're gonna fall in love, and, fall in love <laughs> and I'm like, oh, don't you? Oh. He likes me back because I saw him as like a common person. <laughs> She's got it all planned out. She she has My thought God. about this many nights. <laughs> oh, it's a typical trope in all these like kids like princess movies and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but it worked the same way for guys. But it's not what I'm wondering. Like JP, if there was like a princess and she's a governor, and then would that be appealing to the male demographic? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Like in terms of like wait. a gender flip? So what Leisha just described, but instead it's the princess so who's I'm, the commoner. So, wait, so I'm marrying up? Yeah, yeah, sort of thing. Like I, I meet some girl. Oh, you're cool, but you don't know she's a princess. She's but a she princess really is a princess. Of, this disguise yeah. is a commoner, and yeah, then... kind of like the beginning of Aladdin, almost. If you think about it. Oh yeah, technically that's what I was it is, thinking right? about the um oh, yeah, Japanese. Aladdin's... Uh, yeah, is it the emperor family, whatever you want to call it, and they're like princess. Uh, yeah, no, I someone yeah. who wasn't royal Ooh, family. Interesting. Yeah, I'd love that. I want to marry up. <laughs> Take on the responsibilities. Oh hell yeah! Is there any anime like that? I don't know if there is. I don't know, but if there is not, I'll write one because <laughs> we need more. But what about you, Aaron? Would that work for you? I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> not interested in becoming royalty? Not really, no. What's putting you off? People would definitely know everything. If you became royalty and you're part of the royal heritage or stuff, you'd be having a full amount of responsibility. I'll take it, like, say, paperwork, mili- like, military responsibility, and assuming you're going to do military work, of course. And also, keep it, also being, like, the public's eye and all that stuff, especially mm. you being, like... a example to the world like who you are especially you're supposed to be like say like the good of us all and all that stuff but at the same time you're barely going to have like private time and all that stuff especially alone especially you're supposed to have secrecy but as if you're a normal person you get well basically all of that well take away all the royalty and stuff but at the same time you get your own privacy uh aaron the private man i see <laughs> yeah stuff it no i'm marrying that princess you can't <laughs> Would you rather become like a prince or would you do like the Meghan Markle thing and then? Oh, oh my God. (laughs) Or is that part of the appeal? What's this this Meghan Markle thing? Like she decided, she and Harry decided to like leave their duties as member of the royal family. And I think they moved to Canada or something. Mm -hmm. They moved to Canada. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Canada's nice. Canada. Don't know the rest of the words. But is that something you consider, JP? Hmm. Like, which, which which sounds more appealing? I like the idea of the taking up responsibility thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, why not, man? You got this cool little opportunity. It's not little, it's massive. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like very yeah, little. You know? <laughs> but, you know, it's like once in a lifetime, may as well. And if you fail, you'll get written into the history books. <laughs> be on textbooks everywhere that's the real goal that's right (laughs) i want my name there what about your drawings my drawings yeah yeah why not yeah you'd give it all up yeah what if they tell you you can't you can't be like an artist anymore or something i'll do it in secret i'll do it in secret (laughs) you know and then like you know historians be like oh this prince actually uh drew uh (laughs) this cool thing (laughs) Look at this anime. <laughs> it's called anime. <laughs> yeah. This is like your secret way to somehow get like anime into textbooks as well. Because yeah. people are going to have to type Actually, yeah. It's all. Everyone it will... read Project Shade. That's how it is. 
That's how it'll be. Oh, Aaron, you'll be the butler? Yeah, I'll be the butler. You'll be a good butler. (laughs) Just make sure to cook the donuts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you dare. (laughs) Sensitive topic. Sensitive topic. (laughs) I wasted five hours on that. (laughs) (laughs) Because you brought up, like, the Meghan Markle thing. It, like, reminded me when I watched, uh, like, the Oprah documentary thing they did. And, like, yeah. Yeah, it was like going down all the reasons and the issues they had with the royal family and stuff. And I think that just alone reaffirms my personal belief that I would never want to be in the royal family in my life. Mm. Based on just how Megan just describes the whole thing. And especially just, oh my god, the amount of like racism she goes through, especially, oh, oh my god. I don't even want to get into it. But... I mean, you can choose to leave or you can choose to like change things up and then be down in history as the person who changed everything. See, exactly. That's why I'm saying, be royalty. <laughs> let's, let's all find princes and princesses first, and then we can make a change. Aye, aye. There's one available in Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're all flying there, yeah. <laughs> because if any of our listeners want to become royalty in order to change the textbooks, rewrite history as we speak. Let us know, True Asian Pop Nation, on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You're tuning into Asian Pop Nation. We played Kiss by Kiss by The Toys. After that, we played Pentagon's Cerberus, you know, the classic dog that guides the ancient Grecian underworld. And then we played CL's Spicy, because something that's spicing up the fast food world is a new meal by Saweetie. So we're going to chat a little bit more about that here and make some parallels about another certain meal that had blown up earlier in the year. So if anyone's been walking past this particular fast food joint recently and has looked at this particular fast food joint's menu, you will find this particular meal (laughs) by (laughs) (laughs) Filipina, Chinese and African-American hip hop artist Saweetie. And this new meal has got, you know, a burger, four chicken nuggets, meat and fries, lemonade, barbecue sauce, and the classic sauce, which has been renamed Saweetie and sour sauce. So this is not the first time we've seen like a celebrity meal i mean we had the bts meal as well oh yeah that was massive i mean i haven't tried this meal yet but like what do people think about this meal compared to bts meals why don't they make it a happy meal deal where you get something from the artist you know happy meals equals kids toys so branded deals oh that's right kids meals <laughs> why did they make it like kids meals <laughs> I wish they came with toys. The BTS one, they had collab merch thing, which you have to buy on a separate store. And it doesn't look like there's going to be any merch with Sweetie, but I see vegetables in this meal compared to BTS's one. So I think this is a lot better. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's worth more of my money. Look at how much stuff you get. (gasps) Look at that lettuce. (laughs) Look at that lettuce. (laughs) We can but there's nothing different about the sweet and sour sauce. It's just a different just name. Sweetie. Yeah, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, and sour. And then there's like, I think, tangy barbecue, which I, I don't eat enough of this fast food food. Know <laughs> 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 what the sauces are, but my go-to is sweet and sour. Unless tangy barbecue is just barbecue and I've just added an extra describing yeah i mean it's worth a shot but it's like i just want something new to be introduced to the menu rather than it be just like a different combination of what already exists a brick (laughs) (laughs) that'll be real new right (laughs) or you they have like the stars make their own burger or something oh my god or like even with BTS, imagine if every member had like, this is our ideal burger. And then like, it's just oh, like, God. I don't know. But I feel like that'd be logistically difficult to, mm. I feel sorry for the people in the kitchen who'd be like, have to remember all these um, different yeah. burgers. Yeah. But JP, uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, no toys, no merch, you know, weak. <laughs> Like, I don't you, want you get four fruit. nuggets, chips, and a burger with Sprite. I mean, nope. Actually, <laughs> how about the okay? How about the packaging? Do they do any like unique oh, packaging yeah. with this? Oh, um, that's a good point. There uh, is one source cover that's like got a nice little design on there, and okay. I think that's about it. That's it, yeah. No, did the BTS meal have their own unique like yeah, boxes? they did. 
They mm-hmm. did, but depending on which country you were in, you got like half of it or maybe none at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like a purple, purple color thing with like BTS. Yeah, it's not that around. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to remind in the bin, so. <laughs> but this, I, I think this new Saweetie meal, I don't think it could ever compare to the chaos that ensued <laughs> with the BTS one. Oh my god, people were making shrines, dude. They were selling like nuggets and cups for hundreds of dollars. Like I don't think they sell the nuggets, but they did sell the cups. They did. That was crazy. So unfortunately, this meal will never live up to the hype. (laughs) But wait, would this convince you to I don't know? I was looking at the promo for it. It seems like it's the type of thing where you can use all the ingredients from the meal and kind of pick pick and choose and then make it to like a sandwich on your own so you can have like the the two patties with like fries in the middle and damn that's a sandwich <laughs> that seems i don't know it's that one of the market employees seems to be you can use all the meal things to make get whatever you want <laughs> yeah and then customize your own little sandwich deal my end. god does that appeal to you is that does, does that i think you do that with anything there but i suppose they've actually made an emphasis on that particular quality yeah but i don't do that with any of my meals except you know when you dip like chips and ice cream or something oh yeah yeah oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah if they had ice cream then i'd be totally up for it ice cream and chips well when you get famous and get to have your <laughs> celebrity <laughs> there you go. yeah <laughs> i'll one-up all of them <laughs> Will you yeah. have merch to the table? What kind of <laughs> I don't know what merch I'd put. Let's, let's see what I'm famous for first and then we'll decide. But yeah, if you're interested in the Saweetie meal, you can let us know if you've tried it, what you thought of it, how does it compare to the BTS meal? Who do you think is the next celebrity that's going to have their own meal? Uh, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Maybe we should have it. Yeah, oh. Asian Pop Nation meal. Asian meal. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Investors. <laughs> this is Asia Pop Nation. We played iLife's Mugen Daisuke and Agamon Tio Sendash, which were a request from one of our listeners, Tyler. Thanks for sending that through. And the song you just heard was Rina Sawayama's Enter Sandman, because someone who is about to enter this virtual studio is someone we've had on the show before, known for her flamboyant costumes, bright purple hair strong vocal and musical tech talents, as well as her involvement in the LGBTQ plus and vegan communities. It is, of course, the incredible British songwriter, producer and musician living in Tokyo, Japan, Neon Shi. So welcome, Neon Shi. Welcome back. How have you been? <laughs> yeah, very well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on again. It's so great. No, our pleasure. Last time we spoke was in, I think, February about your debut single, Future. And now yes. your album's coming out, J-Pop. So how are you feeling yeah. about it? Well, yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? Because when we spoke last time, that was the very beginning of me being Neon She. So that was so exciting and I was so nervous and just all the emotions And now it's just, you know, it's not quite a year, but it's still been like so much has happened. So I feel like, I don't know, I just feel so ready because I've had this album being made for such a long time and I've just really wanted everyone to hear it and just kind of get it out. And now it's actually happening. So it's, it's just great. Very exciting. Yeah, (laughs) we're looking forward to it. So I guess the first thing, when did you start? preparing for J-pop was it before future even happened or after future you're like I really want to make an album (laughs) it was a really long time ago actually because I went I actually started making J-pop before I lived in Japan because I came to visit to watch Our City live Our City is one of my favorite musicians and when I came on holiday and I saw him and I I realized I want to live in Japan and so when I got back to England I just started writing the album of um I mean the songs that weren't necessarily like about Japan but I just wanted it to be inspired by the J-pop music scene and then when I moved to Japan that was really when I could delve into it and like do my research and meet really cool people and 
you know, really experience life in Japan and create J-pop exactly how I wanted it. So it's been a really long process, but I think it really, really started when maybe just around future, just before. What is yeah. it about, I guess, Japan that seemed to inspire the album? What was it that you mm-hmm. felt really encapsulated what you wanted the album to be? Ah, so many things. I think I've lived in Tokyo basically my whole time of living in Japan. It's this amazing city with so much contrast, like, you know, it's so bright and fun, but yet the people are so quiet and humble. And I really wanted to encapsulate the different vibes within Tokyo, as well as talking about my own personal experience of living here, because so many things has happened, like not just about like traveling and stuff, you know, in my personal life and so many different things. I just wanted to really encapsulate my personal experience, as well as thinking, what does Tokyo sound like? What does Japan sound like? To me, that's what J-pop is. In my yeah. <laughs> and is there a a sort of theme in J-pop that you really wanted to try and emphasize and how does the singles that you released Rainbow Flag or Saka Child mm. and Wrong Boy's Attention kind of fit into the theme? Yeah so musically the theme would be like taking the Japanese culture along with my own personal like British roots so like you've got a lot of these kind of electronic sounds that you hear in all this kind of like J-pop music but then my own spin on it it's like somewhere in the middle (laughs) which I found really fun like just kind of making this new thing and then lyrically it is just a whole range of things so Rainbow Flag and Um, wrong boy's attention all all of the singles that came out they're all quite contrasting like Osaka Child is about travel wrong boy's attention is about my own personal experience obviously and then Rainbow Flag is like my love song to the LGBTQ plus community and me talking about being like a bisexual woman and just I just really wanted to connect with the people who listen to my music in that way as well being part of this community There's other songs that haven't been released that kind of cover topics of travel, love, and then some other things as well, cultural difference, and also just hanging around in Tokyo, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And what was it about? I I know you mentioned that it's a bit contrasting the Mm. singles that you release. Is there other reasons why I decided to start with those as a kind of teaser Mm. for the album to come? I mean, Wrong Boy's Attention was probably the first song I wrote for the album. It's a really old song. And I just felt like it encapsulated the J-pop style really well, like with the kind of tinkling piano. I just thought it was a really strong starting point, which was why I wanted to release that one. Osaka Child, for me, it was one of the more meaningful songs. Like that was a really memorable adventure for me going to Osaka and just falling in love with the place and so I wanted to let people know about that it had that importance to me and then Rainbow Flag I just felt like that was actually a last minute decision I was going to release another song I decided to change it because I felt like Rainbow Flag was a bit more meaningful to me and to other people and I wanted to just spread a message of love because I feel like there's so much negativity right now the pandemic and I just thought you know people need happiness so that's why I released Rainbow Flag really. And could you tell us a little bit you've sort of touched on it already the process of creating J-pop but was there any other highlights in the process I guess like any roadblocks or moments of inspiration that were particularly stood out Yeah, there's so many good things and there were so many things that were kind of challenging because it was just something completely new. My biggest love for J-pop was just completely immersing myself, like going into the studio for like a week straight and just you know, bashing out all of these songs, taking notes, listening over and over. It's like, it's what I live for. I love it. So I was just so happy to be able to do that because, you know, being able to make art such a huge part of your life, it's just so, it's so great. So I feel so lucky. The challenges for me were trying to let go of what I think other people will think. You know, I've touched on this before in certain videos on my Instagram and talking about how it's really easy to try and be a bit of a people pleaser and make music 
that you think other people will like. When I became Neon She, I put my foot down. I was like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to make music that I want to do. I'm going to create the music that I want to make. And if people love it, then that's great. And I think the people who do love it are, you know, my people, right? They're my tribe, if you know what I mean. We're on the same level. And anyone who doesn't like it, that's okay. You know, it's just not their thing. So for me, J-pop has been this great experience of discovering what I want to make and coming from a place of love for myself rather than trying to you know just do things that I think other people will like mm. and I've noticed you've also added a few Japanese lyrics in some of the songs that you <laughs> so have you been learning much Japanese while in Japan how's it going yeah yeah I'm really trying, I'm really <laughs> trying. it's a really hard language but you know I have some great people around me who are always helping me and always teaching me and so I have a really great kind of network but I'm not like one of those people who's like studying five hours a day I know people like that and that I really respect them and I really wish I could be like that but you know I've always got my audio and my Spotify that I listen to and always trying to just replace words from English to Japanese it's a process I think with anything language learning is a process and I'm not I'm nowhere near perfect nowhere near but I'm I'm just on like this journey and just doing my best yeah <laughs> no absolutely I respect you for it <laughs> and I guess what is it about J-pop that you're most excited to share with fans and listeners I think yeah like I said before I think it's just this showing people what I love and just being unapologetic and just kind of saying like this is what I love to do and this is who I am and this is what I've created and please just listen to it and appreciate it if you like it that kind of thing I'm just excited to have it out it's I've been listening to it so much recently just you know pre-master and mixing like the process takes ages and so much energy and so I feel like I've got this secret that no one else has heard and I'm just so excited to share it and mm. is there anything else that you kind of wanted to mention about J-pop or about the experience mm. that I haven't asked you or touched on yet I don't know I guess uh, yeah it comes out on the 27th and I've got some really exciting things planned I've got a week after it comes out there'll be an instrumental album coming out which is all of the tracks but just with no vocals so I really wanted to give everyone a chance to listen to my production process because I think it's very easy to like listen to the lyrics and just kind of you know really enjoy that but it hasn't just been me writing lyric you know I did everything so I really want everyone to like hear that as well and then a week after that I'm hoping I think it's going to be a week after that I've got a ton of really talented remixers and musicians who have remixed and made versions of a lot of the different tracks of the album so we're going to be releasing that in the weeks following so uh, yeah really excited and those things those things happening and I guess where can our listeners find you if they want to know more about the album mm. and upcoming events yeah so there is my Instagram, which I'm very active. I, I do most of my promotion through there. I'm also on TikTok now. I'm trying to work that out. It's it's a little confusing though, but I'm, I'm trying my best. Also, we have a mailing list. There's a, a mailing list on the 23 Unified Frenzy Records and they they basically just share tons of information. Not very often, but like, you know, maybe like once every few weeks there's like a new email that goes out so you can join the mailing list and anything that you might miss on Instagram you can get it directly to your inbox so it's really useful and I know this is a hard question but do you have a favorite song <laughs> you know what I knew you were gonna ask me this, so I, I thought about it before the interview and um I, I think my favorite song well it changes actually like when I listen to it and it depends on the mood that I'm in but I think for now, my favourite song is Love the Moment, which is an unreleased track. Yeah, we'd be happy to play that one. I'm sure oh, it'll be exciting. <laughs> wonderful. But thanks so much, Neon Shi, and all the best. We're looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so nice to chat again and I hope to speak again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, welcome to Asian Pop Nation. We played three back-to-back -back songs. The first was Neon She's Love the Moment from her latest album, J-Pop. If you missed our interview with Neon She, you can always check them out wherever you stream your podcast on the Asian Pop Nation podcast. After that, we played Ben and Ben's Sugat featuring Muni Muni. And the last song you heard was Brave Girls' After We Ride, because you have to be pretty brave to be riding roller coasters, at least in my opinion. And 
that's why we're going to be talking a little bit more about how you can enjoy roller coasters during a pandemic. Oh, you know what I hate about Melbourne is that we don't have good theme parks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. What do we have? What, like Luna Park. Luna Park. <laughs> we got Adventure Fields and Fun Fields. Is that count? That's not fun. Like it's not. <laughs> The one all way long or something. One of those <laughs> roller coasters, the really exciting ones that you see with loops and stuff at like in compared to Queensland theme parks. But uh. I don't know if there's any thrill seekers out here. I love roller coasters, um, by the way. Mm. But apparently you can ride Japanese roller coaster for free. What? Yeah. By videos. How? Oh my videos. <laughs> yeah, oh, so it's not as exciting as it sounds, but oh. there's like free uploads of videos of certain attractions such as like bungee jumping and it includes roller coasters and VR games that you can check out because was it Japan is in the middle of summer. And because of, you know, the virus, it's recommended to stay at home. So to not go to a theme park during summer is really sad. But hey, we have video. <laughs> That's right. Video on the interwebs. <laughs> How exciting. Much better, you know. <laughs> uh, this is honestly better for me because I find roller coasters very nauseating. So I can have the thrill without the sickness. So I've been watching a few of the videos, but... Yeah, it's just still kind of scary and it goes really fast and you can hear all the like the wind blowing against the camera. Oh. But are people screaming? Oh no way. There's no, <laughs> there's no oh, one on there. It's kind That's of scary. I actually enjoy the part where people scream because I laugh out loud. Oh. <laughs> I'm not scared on the roller coasters. I love I'm like I love the thrill, the feeling where you go. That dip when like just goes straight down. Like that's uh. the best. Uh. <laughs> Dude, you're an adrenaline chunky. Yeah. yeah. I would not want to be in a roller coaster with Celeste. Yeah, I know. It's like I'd be crying and laughing. Oh, <laughs> Can you imagine going on a road trip with Celeste with her driving? Oh my Boom. god. All the way. Let's go. All the way. <laughs> Terrifying. But JP, Aaron, Leisha, what are your thoughts on roller coasters? They're cool. I mean, they make me vomit. So that's an issue. But I think that's a pretty novel idea, you know, the whole tour thing. And I think this could you could expand this beyond just roller coasters, right? Mm. Like imagine a haunted house tour a virtual one i'd be too scared honestly i, I don't like that stuff <laughs> well i like that stuff oh man i'd love to do that i feel like haunted houses like that type of concept might work better in like the that type of virtual setting than roller coasters i don't know i love roller coasters so much but when i watch the videos and stuff it's not giving me it's the not thrill. the same you know it's not giving me the thrill like i love the wind and just zoom zoom you know <laughs> And like your cheeks flapping because yeah. it's just going down oh, yeah. so fast. <laughs> At least with a haunted house, it's like it's like you're watching a movie, right? Like a yeah, Blair exactly. Witch Project thing. Yeah, a theme park doesn't feel like a theme park unless you hear the screaming. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, right? Like if you're going into a theme park, it's like, why isn't there anyone? Like you can't hear the screams. You can't hear like music or something. It's just I'd say the same like, with haunted yeah. houses. Yeah. Like, you can't hear the scream. It's not good. That's <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> but Aaron, what do you think of roller coasters? Is that kind of your thing? I don't mind them really. Why is everyone okay with roller coasters? <laughs> it's just the same thing, and you just go up, you go down, you spin all around to. Oh, but what happens if you die? Well, it's gonna and be quick. <laughs> I don't really know. <sighs> yeah, I think the fun part about roller coasters, especially just getting like say two hundred degrees or like two hundred miles per hour speed, just flying all the like flying in front of you if not just flying behind you depending where you sit it of course and that's probably the only time you just get to have the full experience of speed there where you get into a car which you don't feel any of that probably the fastest you'll ever feel you'll go pretty much yeah has anyone been on like one of those loops yeah yes it's so much fun i love the loop ones (laughs) i play sonic the hedgehog where like he goes (laughs) (laughs) they're not going back to green hill can you imagine Um, if they did like a perspective of sonic as he's running oh my god oh, POV. <laughs> doing a loop Dude. Yeah, a couple of mods are doing it and a couple and i think it was sonic generation for pc for mod i think i remember correctly a few weeks ago uh-huh that's yeah. interesting yeah never mind about the mods back to roller coasters <laughs> 
I know some like I have some friends that not gonna lie, kind of psychotic in the sense that like part of the part of the roller coaster enjoyment for them is the line waiting process. The line, <laughs> yeah. What? I don't know why. I mean, I I have no patience, so I hate it. But like, I have some friends that are like they're like I could never watch these type of like virtual ones because I'm not getting the lineup experience. <laughs> which I put these people in the same categories like people who are like. I love the cinema to like watch the ads before the movies and stuff like that. I'm like, it, I've got no patience for these things. <laughs> If you're interested in checking out these roller coasters and experiencing them from home, search up Tokyo Dome, Yumiuri Land, and oh, just like miscellaneous Japanese things, <laughs> and you'll find these virtual rides. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation. We played JB's BTW featuring Jay Park. Afterwards, we jumped over to Japan with a song by Chilled Spot called Mite, and the last song you heard was Very Very's Trigger. Because something that can trigger us is unexpected and bad things happening during our favorite films or TV shows. So we're going to talk a little bit more about what the team has been watching and reading. And who knows? Maybe you'll find your next obsession here. Be warned: there are spoilers. So this segment, we're going to be talking about some things we've been watching, and one thing I want to introduce is Evangelion, especially the rebuild of Evangelion, because I just watched the last film ever. Like, yeah, is, it, it? is it definitely the last yeah, one? Yeah, that's it. It's done. Yeah. We're finished. Plus one Exactly. So we've been waiting for this for like twenty years. I'm not、oh, even like I didn't even watch Evangelion when I was one years old, you know. But I was already <laughs> waiting. <laughs> yeah, it's done. He knew it was gonna mean so much to him. Exactly, it's finished. Listen, honestly, I don't know what to say except it was a very weird experience. It's like it's one of those movies that I think in a few years I'm gonna be able to acknowledge that the ad was kind of bad. <laughs> but. But it had a lot of heart to it. it. Had a lot of heart to it. I think it's one of those movies where, like, you know, it's kind of bad, but for some reason, like, you just you just like it. I don't know. But, but was it like a solid? Do you think it's like a solid conclusion to the whole story? In、stuff? a in a meta sense, yeah. <laughs> but like in a literal, like, here's the story plot, and here's where it's going. It it just it blows up. In the second <laughs> half, and I'm not even joking. Like, you... like literally, or okay. <laughs> well, let me, okay, let me give you a slight spoiler that won't change your experience of the film. Um, you know Shinji, so he's the main character. He's the young boy, the one that won't get into the robot. Yeah, and the one who cries <laughs> all the time, right?、Oh. And you know how he has a dad who's really mean and keeps on telling him to get into the robot. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know they get into a fist fight? At the end of the film, and it's not just any fist fight. They start traversing through multiple dimensions while <laughs> they're like bashing each other up. Is the most weird, odd thing I've ever seen, and it's great. Wait, is that when Shinji and his quote unquote dad just basically fighting each other on stage and then basically go to apartment and all that stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, like that. Basically,、I、it's some it it's... animation like downgraded for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> um. Maybe that was just part of a plan. It was probably part of the plan. Listen, as messy and clumsy as this film is, I think the message of the whole story has been the same as it's ever been for twenty years, which is basically stop watching anime, go outside, get a girlfriend, get a job. <laughs> I'm not kidding, dude. That's the whole. That's the whole gist of it. But yeah, it's cool. Next and so. That's it. Evangelion. It's the first and last anime you should ever watch in your life. Ever? Why、yeah. is it because it's that good, or just because it tells well, you to move on? <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. This last film is basically saying, "Move on. Eva's already dead. We've been we waited twenty for, years for to be to, to be tell told you to move on." <laughs> that's right, dude. Dude, Shinji gets a girlfriend by the end of it all. Did you know that? Spoiler. Oh yeah, spoiler. <sighs> Damn. Put a warning at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's me. That's what I've been watching. Celeste, you've been watching、yeah. something as well, or have、yeah. finished watching something? I finished watching a K drama that's come out recently. It's called The Devil Judge.、Mm. A few days ago, it released its last episode, and I've binged the whole thing. It's 
really good. High ratings. It stars Jisung. So if you know him, he's in Kill Me, Heal Me. It's also got Jin Young from GOT7. And Park Yoo Young, who's also starred in Sweet Home and It's Okay to Not Be Okay. Mm. And so the series is like set in a dystopian version of South Korea where people are like, really don't like their leaders because they're super corrupt and yeah and they live in like absolute chaos and the whole thing of it is like a bunch of trials that are held in courtrooms called live shows and they're aired to television and what it does it gets the public to vote on whether whoever's on the stand is guilty or not guilty and so a lot of it's just like rich people that get sentenced <laughs> and I'm sitting here loving in the court cases hearing all the evidence come through and then when they make the verdict and give them punishment it's just like so exciting it's so juicy and yeah I love it so interested <laughs> in checking it out wow looking for some absolute drama it's all beautiful <laughs> how about Aaron Leisha have you been watching anything lately I've been watching a couple of animes but there's one show that's been like kind of fell under the radar last year that no one's been talking about last season so i just started watching it's actually not bad cool uh it's a chinese animation series called link click oh what's it about it's it's like an episodic series so far i'm only up to episode four i think or maybe five i don't remember anyway yeah but yeah i suppose two boys as a involved as like detectives or stuff but they both have super abilities one of them is like able to look at a photo and sense his partner into that photo to relive that person's life like for 12 hours mm-hmm. while the other person is basically just like navigating telling him like what to do what not to do to prevent like also timelines in the future there's like changes so yeah. this is an investigation story too yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that's far. cool dude how's the animation because like it's very interesting because this is a Chinese company animating this, right? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched many, like, animated Chinese stuff. Is it good? I guess it's a lot more better than Scissors 11, I think that was what it was called last year. That's all I can say. All right. But yeah, I can say the animation is actually really good so far. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Cool stuff. I mean, I've probably seen, like, three Chinese stories so far, but this one's actually probably the best one, in my opinion, out of those three. At the time, like, recording right now, I think this is, like, it's ranked number 21 on my anime list of the top-rated shows of all time. Dude, I'll write that down. Let me write that down. Hold up. Yeah, yeah I think the underrated content. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Very cool. I think, like, Chinese content, when it's rated really well, it's, like, slips under the radar a bit. When you start watching it, it's, like, so good. <laughs> yeah. Basically, Link Click and Odd Taxi, that both fell under the radar, but... Oh yeah, amazing. Yeah, Odd Taxi is good too. That's also like crime mystery thing going on. It's like guys are a theme. Yeah, really. (laughs) It's like Animal Crossing After Dark because all the characters are like cute animals. It's crazy. I just call the Quinta Tarantino TV series. Leisha, how about you? Have you been watching anything? Oh, my pick's gonna be completely like out of the (laughs) out of the investigative genre. We're going. Don't worry, dude. I talked about Evangelion. I haven't actually been watching a lot of like, I guess, like fictional content, but I guess mm. the one show that I have been watching, it's currently airing right now, and it is a idol trainee competition. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Called what? Girls Planet 999. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, seeing it around, but I haven't actually gone around to like, yeah. watch it. Yeah, I'll be honest. Every time when these trainee shows show up, I purely start watching them because I'm I like the judges. This oh one yeah, has, me too. That's what yeah. I did with the Chinese ones. <laughs> yeah, the Chinese one. I was like, the you me too. I was like, oh, Lisa, and then I just watched it. Yeah, but this one has Sunmi, the very popular solo mm. Korean artist, and Tiffany, most notably as a member of Girl Generation, as two of the judges in the show, and. Pretty much, it's quite like a popular trainee show thing that's going on at the moment. And it pretty much just follows. If you are someone who is familiar with how trainee competitions work, it's pretty much a similar format of a bunch of people competing to be in the final group at the end of the show type of thing. But I just watch it for the chaos. And I guess the performances too, but mainly the chaos. It's mainly, I guess the main selling point about it, which I guess also got me interested into it is the fact that the trainees they have like a batch which are trainees based in korea and then they have japanese trainees as well and chinese trainees as well and they're all coming 
into this one area and yeah there's a lot of awkward moments like language barrier things being a thing because like the trainees have to like work together so you just see a lot of scenes where they are just awkwardly silent for like a good two minutes just not sure what to say but it's cute i guess like it's by the same company the same entertainment group mnet which has done a lot of shadier training competition shows so yeah it's just a mod podge of chaos i'll be honest but i guess that's the one which i'm actively watching at the moment not sure if i particularly like it or not i'm watching it more for the <laughs> sake of like joining with friends that are more actively interested with the trainees and stuff and i'm just there for the drama so wow. yeah <laughs> Oh, Zenia, so- have you been watching anything? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask. I haven't been yeah. watching anything, um, wow. but I've been reading like this webtoon. Uh, <laughs> webtoon. It's called. It's a bit of an older one because it's finished. I only uh, want to read anything that's been completed because I've already no got move. too many, too many series that is currently ongoing. But this one's called Light and Shadow. I'm not sure if anyone's heard of it. It's a Korean oh. manhwa. Yes, I've heard of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like about this maid who is forced to marry this lord, I think a duke oh, or something. It's, uh, a, a it's one of those stories. <laughs> well, royalty. <laughs> yeah, and she was forced to because her master has this daughter who didn't want to get married to him because he was a commoner that had become a duke after the revolution. So what happens is she gets married to him, but he sort of notices something kind of suspicious about her. And that's the fact that she seems to know a lot more than a maid should. And so it's kind of sort of follows the story. Like, why is she like this? What is it about her past that kind of has caused her to be this a maid for one, but also one that seems to have a lot more knowledge of running a estate than a normal person would. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Problematic first chapter, but everything else seems kind of okay afterwards. How many chapters are there? Like about a hundred, but they're really short. short. I mean, mm. That's like a hundred three, I think. If I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Mm. Yeah. So that's, that's what I've been reading. Yes, Celeste. I was going to say, is it on the webtoon app or is no, it? No, it's on like... Tappy Tunes. But I've just been reading it on a, a legal manga. Shocking. Would you do like a webtoon episode? Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Oh my god, webtoon. Why do I feel like webtoons are kind of like the fanfic of Mac. <laughs> you know, the way webtoons are set out, though, because you all you have to do is scroll, and yeah. the scrolling aspect is added included within the experience. So, like, I like that. Yeah. Now, I love that. Yeah. I also I love, love the music sometimes yes, when they have it. They <laughs> include it. Well, yeah. So good. I'm obsessed. I'm gonna be a devil's advocate and say I hate it. I don't like <laughs> scrolling. I just want the screen to be there and I want to look at it. And then once I'm done, uh, you know, swipe. I don't want to have to like read one sentence, you know, <laughs> and my thumbs hurt. But the scrolling adds to the anticipation and like you go, oh no, no. I find it easier. Like even if it's a manga I'm reading, I use the scroll. Like I only use manga readers that have really? the option to change it to scroll. Oh just because God. like having to wait for it to load to the next page. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. I, I'm sorry. I hate that. I hate that. Oh. Uh. Yeah. What would you rather do, JP? We'd rather just read through like the whole episode, like read through the whole like webtoon online while reading word by word, or do you want to read it like from webtoon dub and you see it from YouTube and stuff, or read it online from YouTube? I'd rather just read it. Yeah. Exactly. Just like better. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Cool. That's everyone. (laughs) That's all of us. That's what we've been watching. Other than that, I've been like trying to read Fruits Basket. I've been too. No, no, no. no. Only talk to us when you finished it. Oh man, you get a month. Yeah. All right, a month. All right, fine, fine. I'll finish it within a month, man. Hey, uh, hey, so, I got the on the twenty sixth of September. Twenty sixth of September. All right, I'm gonna write that down. Twenty sixth of September. Listeners, watch out. Twenty sixth of September. Fruits basket segment. <laughs> That's it. If you want to let us know about any other cool things we should be reading or watching as well, or if anything, like just anything you personally enjoy as well, let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're Asian Pop Nation. Just, you know, type our names into the search bar. You'll find us, I'm sure. Right? Yeah. 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 That's it. (laughs) All right. Take care. This is Asian Pop Nation. You heard Pentatonic's A Little Space featuring a tease. After that, we played Chai's Mini Skirt, and the song you just heard was Maki Kaw's Blue, because I'm feeling a little bit blue getting to the end of our show, and you know what that means? Well, 
That means it's time for our weekly tanka. Now, for those who don't know what a tanka is, it's a form of Japanese song or verse with a 57577 syllable pattern. So, here it goes <clears throat> Drink serving robots. Cowboy Bebop first pictures. Sweetie gets meal. Malaysian Prince Bachelor. Send us recommendations. So, let us know what your week has been like through a tanka format and send it to us on Asian Pop Nation. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And now we're going to hop into a song by Lucy called Irrelevant Answer because there is no such thing as an irrelevant tanka answer to our request from us to you. So, keep it here on Asian Pop Nation. We've got a couple more songs to bop along to until we say farewell for the night. <laughs> listening to Asian Pop Nation, we played Lucy's Irrelevant Answer, and the song you just heard then was Henry and Roy Wang's Home. Because now we've reached the end of our show tonight, but we are really glad that you listened in. You make this show a home to all of us here, and it's great to always bond and connect with other people who are obsessed with Asian music and pop culture like we are here at Asian Pop Nation. So thanks for listening to myself, Senya, Aaron, Celeste, JP, and Leisha. If you want to give us any feedback, Back or recommendations, or send in any song requests to the show for next week. You can let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. If you missed out on our interview with Neon Shi and any of our other discussions, you can also find them on our Asian Pop Nation podcast wherever you get your podcast. So now we're going to bid you adieu for the rest of the night, but we, of course, are going to send you all off with a song by Six called Wave as we you know, wave goodbye. And say sayonara until next time. And then afterwards, we're gonna play Wavy 10 and Wang Wang's Lolo. Thanks for listening. Mataraishine. Until next week, this is Senya on behalf of the Asian Pop Nation team signing off. <laughs>